you follow me on social media, you have probably seen me post about my superfood probiotic shots that I take every single morning. I've been using these biome supplements for the past year and I absolutely love them. Biome is your one-stop shop for supplements that support overall wellness by helping you optimize your gut health. I love taking these superfood probiotic shots to start my day because not only have I noticed a big improvement in my health, they also taste delicious. Head over to biomehealth.com. That's B-I-O-H-M health.com and use my code Hannah for 20% off your order. I'll link it in the description below. Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Welcome back to another episode of the ByWord Show. I'm so glad you're here. And I'm very excited because I have a special guest with us today, Jess Hover. She's a sweet friend of mine that I've known for a long time, and she's just doing a lot of really cool things. So I'm really excited to share her with you and for her to be here with us today. So really quick, before we get started, make sure to hit pause, take a screenshot, tag us, share it, let us know you're here, and then come right back so we can dive in. All right, Jess, thank you so much for being here. I really just adore you and I'm so excited to be able to chat with you today. Um, for those who don't know you, will you just quickly kind of introduce yourself and tell us about what you do? And you're teaching me about podcasting. I never knew, like, <laughs> stop them. <laughs> mental notes, like, that's how we do it. <laughs> All things that I have picked up along the way as well. I'm so glad. I'm learning everything. Okay. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jessica. I have a YouTube channel. That's kind of where um, my community blossomed. Uh, I make content for growing families. So I've become sort of like a mom fluencer accidentally. And I'm just rolling with that because I love the people that are there. We have a small business called Very Good Mothers Club. So we sell products for growing families. And then we have an online like membership community. So people pay monthly to be a part of it. So I lead Zoom calls in there weekly and do like group coaching for moms and um, like specific programs. So if people are expecting a baby or are freshly postpartum or just different things that are around having babies and feeling better in that experience. Because when I first had my first child, so I have three kids now, um, I really struggled and went through a period of depression. And it just was like a low, low that I never want to go back to. And once I was doing well, and then had my second child, I kind of I put out videos that I, I very honestly did not think many people would watch. I even said um, to my friend who was helping me make the videos, like, I'm a little embarrassed to be putting this content out because I think it exposes how little I know about parenting. So I put out these baby 101 videos that were like, here's how you change a diaper or swaddle a baby, like the basics, because I just didn't know that stuff when I had a baby. And then um, the channel grew and it turned out there were a lot of people who felt like me, who didn't have a family nearby and didn't know exactly what they were doing. And so, yeah, out of that, then I sort of changed the direction of what I was doing a bit to cater to these people who were there and they were listening and ready to connect. Um, so, yeah, so two years ago is when we started our business, Very Good Mothers Club. And right now I just I feel like I'm in business school with my own business. So I'm learning as I go, kind of fumbling along, figuring out how to do business at the same time, figuring out how to have a family and raise three kids. And um, so there's just a lot of fumbling, but that's what I do when <laughs> I have social media. So I'm able to share some of that with people. And I have a podcast. As of a few weeks ago, we have a podcast. And I was just telling you before we recorded, that's the thing that I am the least confident in, but really enjoy doing. So I'm happy to learn this process. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of trying and then seeing what's working 
And so far, the people I'm connecting with through it are, are the best part. So I'm just going to keep going for it. I love that. That's so cool. I really relate to that process of like, okay, here goes nothing. Okay, this yeah. is working. Okay, I actually like this. <laughs> but that's really cool. And I think it's really great that you've just kind of shared your own journey and story. And I mean, I remember when I met you, I just really related to your story because you're so honest and you're so willing just to be real and share where you're at and from where you're at. And it's just really special to see in a highlight real world where there's like, oh yeah, Instagram mom or like doing all these perfect things. And it's like, there are so many moms. I'm also one of them that felt clueless. And I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to show up anyway. And I just really admire and respect that about you and in the content you share. And that's really, really cool. So I would love to know just what has your, your story been like leading up to this point where you are, like, how has it been sharing your journey? And I mean, today we're going to kind of touch on this idea of identity. So how is all of this even unfolded for you outside of motherhood. Totally, totally. Anna, when was it that we met each other? How many years ago would that be? Do you think? Um, a very long time. I think it was like six or seven years ago yeah. in yeah. LA. Was was Eloise born at that point? Yes, you the only baby. had Eloise. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. So if we rewind backwards a little bit, I um I worked with YWAM, so nonprofit Christian missions organization for people who aren't familiar, and. In doing that, I was able to um, kind of put words around this passion that I had for people understanding their identity and specifically women understanding, like, who are we? How do we make sense of our beauty? How do we make sense of, um, and when I say beauty, I mean like the rich, deep beauty that's inside that flows out of us. I also mean, how do you relate to your outside appearance? Because it's all connected. Um mm-hmm. So it was, it was beauty, identity, and value that were like the things that kept me wanting to engage with women. And because it was an international nonprofit, we were able to, you and I, I mean, others who are with us as well, connect with women all around the world and see that these topics are, are very universal, that people everywhere are trying to make sense of this and women everywhere specifically are trying totally. to who we are and what's our place here and how do you find a sense of like confidence and peace with yourself as you grow and discover who you are and what you're supposed to be doing um, or what you want to be doing. So I, I, well, I should say this, I was raised by two moms. So my parents divorced when I was young and I was raised by lesbian moms. And then I have a sister and then I started working with this women's um, organization. Right. And so I have this thing for women where I really want to see women thrive. And I know what it's like when we're not, I've been a woman who isn't thriving and I know mm. what that looks like. So I think that's what actually is keeping me going now when I work with moms is that I never saw myself being super passionate about motherhood, to be honest. I never really was excited to be a mom. In fact, I was very afraid of being a mom. I thought that once you become a mom, that's like where you're life ends and life is now about the little one. And for me, that felt very scary. And, um, but then once I became a mom and started to be open about the feelings I was having, I was then able to engage with the same things I cared about before having a baby, which is the women who are moms. It's like, for me, for some Mm -hmm. reason, I thought once you become a mom, you're like this, this, new thing that's separate from all this other stuff. And it's not a great, how do I put words to this? It's like, it's, 
it's not great. I imagined it to be like, once you're a mom, you're like in this mom group and you only connect with other moms. And I thought I probably won't have much in common with those people because I'm not even that excited about becoming a mom. And then once I got there and I was like, oh my gosh, these are the same women I've actually been engaging with this whole time. Mm. We just happen to have kids now. And now I see this beautiful thing about motherhood, which I've changed a lot. I really love motherhood now, but (laughs) this beautiful thing about motherhood or parenthood in general is that having kids connects us to people that we might not otherwise be connected with. It's possible that we don't have much in common with people, but when we have kids, we both know what it's like to love our kid like crazy. And even if our parenting style is totally different, we can still connect over the insecurities we face, over the real desire to see our children turn out great and like love their life and be healthy, happy people. And so now I'm in this place of like, okay, well, I get to connect with women still. I was doing that years ago before I was ever a mom. And now I get to do it again. And, um, and it's, I guess, well, you're a mom. So you understand this. There's something crazy about becoming a mom and feeling a bit lost identity wise. Like you, you understand that you have this child you're crazy about, but you don't totally understand who you are and um, or who we are and how our old life and our new life merge. And when do we find time for the things we were passionate before, uh, passionate about before, or when do we find time to discover new things that we care about? So it's kind of interesting. I've been working with people around the topic of identity for a long time. And then I didn't realize that I was just going to continue doing that by focusing some attention on new parents and realizing that there's a real identity shift that happens there. Um, and then did I, Hannah, did you and I work together for fashion events? It's kind of hard for me to place our story in the midst of everything. Yes. So, yeah. So you and I both have the shared experience then of also working with fashion professionals, some of them being like the icons in our world right now when it comes to beauty and identity. These are people that young women look up to, even older women look up to and are like, oh, that is a picture of beauty or that's a Mm. picture of confidence. And I was just telling a friend yesterday that one of the things that struck me about working with some of the most famous people in the world, especially most famous women in the world, is that they too struggle with identity and they too struggle Mm. with insecurity around their appearance. And so like these are people that you might think, oh, well, if I just had what they had, if I just looked the way they look and had a life that looked like that, I'd feel good inside, but they don't feel good inside necessarily. And if they do, it's because they've done a lot of inner work. It actually probably has very little to do with their role in society or their physical appearance. So um, a lot of life right now is kind of connecting the dots for me between who I was before and the things I was passionate about and what it could look like to use those gifts and skills in this current time of my life where it's very much centered around raising my young children and trying to do a good job there and also connecting with the people that are on my path, which right now is, is a lot of new parents, mostly moms, but also dads. I love that. I love that. That's so good. And there's so much to that because I really, really relate to the whole, I was never the girl that couldn't wait to be a mom. Like I knew I wanted to have kids, but it wasn't like, yay, I'm a mom now. And this is me. I'm the mom. Like it never really came naturally to me like it does for some other people. And so for a while I had that wrestling as well of like, 
how do I still do what I feel like I'm called to do, but also be a mom? Like, how does, how do all the pieces fit together? And I do feel like that's a really interesting journey that so many moms process through. And it can be very hard and confusing when, like you said, there's so many voices and so many different standards and expectations that women feel like they have to meet in order to be pretty enough or healthy enough even, or like successful enough. And it's so easy for identity to get wrapped up in the role that you're currently in, whether it's your job or motherhood or whatever. But what have you found in your own journey with identity? Like what, number one, why do you think it's so important that we figure out this whole identity thing? And then number two, how do we even do that? No, these are, I mean, these are the questions. If we can find yeah. the answers here, then. <laughs> I know, <Yeah>. right? <laughs> um, yeah. You know what? As you're talking and I'm thinking that something, something you and I both understand and I want to be clear about to the listener, um, especially because some of my, some of my people might be here for the first time. Neither you nor I are ungrateful for our roles as moms. Sometimes what I get on the internet yes. is like, how dare you say that you didn't want to be a mom or that you arrived there and were like, oh my gosh, what now? Because women everywhere are wanting to be moms or are experiencing loss, which you know firsthand. Yes. And so just to be clear on speaking on our behalf as, as our little team here, like we, we are so grateful to be the moms that we are. And there's, there's allowed to be these conflicting feelings of, I never dreamed of this. So I've arrived to it and it doesn't feel like my sweet spot. It's not like I'm here and I finally feel complete the way some women describe and is so beautiful. And we, we need right. that. And at the same time, we, we are grateful, like, okay, we, we did it. We have these kids this or, or child, you know, this is beautiful. Um, yes. Just to, to be clear to the listener, you can have a lot of feelings all at the same time. <laughs> That's yes. thing that is so real about parenthood. In fact, I think, have you guys ever seen Daniel Tiger? Are you at that stage of watching Daniel Tiger? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, he says on one of them, like you can feel two feelings at the same time. <laughs> and, oh yes, you can. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, true. Very true. So just to say that I am thankful for my kids and I um, have one video called, I don't like being a mom that went all over the internet and both things are allowed to be true. I can love my kids and feel like I don't like this role. Um, and that I, I do currently like this role, by the way, that was a, a few years <laughs> video. but just to say to our new people, this is what's true is many feelings all at the same time. So identity, where do we start? that's the thing. That's like all of life is figuring out who you are. And I guess if we, if we like take it back to the beginning, the idea is that we are raised in a family unit that helps instill a sense of identity in us. It's a very Western idea that identity goes all the way down to the individual. Um, in many cultures, identity is about the family unit. And it even goes beyond the current family unit. It goes backwards and it goes forward. So it's, it's ancestry, mm -hmm. all the people who went before us and all the people who are coming after us. And so who we are is this big piece. In fact, if you guys are familiar with, um, the, the latest Disney movie Encanto that everybody loves, even in the beginning, like, tell us who you are, Mirabelle. She says, Oh, well, my mom, my dad, my grandma, my cousins, my aunt, like, if you mm -hmm. want to know me, you need to know my family. 
And it was really cute when we first saw that movie, which now we've seen it a gazillion times because the kids are obsessed. Um, Sean loved that. He was like, oh, that's really, that's really key. Like if you can help a kid know that they have a place in a bigger story, then that might actually protect them from feeling so lost that they don't know where to, to be or who they are. Um, mm. There's obviously another side of this that as a family, which you guys are, and many of your listeners probably are inside of families at this point, but you know, whether it's their own married into family or the family that they've come from, one challenge of that is family can sometimes go, well, this is who you are, meaning I'm not going to look at who you are as in, if you think of it like this, like inside of every seed is the tree that will come, right? And so rather than looking at the seed and being like, I'm going to plant it and see what tree comes out of this. It's like, as family, we sometimes feel like we are able to just be like, well, you're an orange tree, like just you're an orange tree, grow oranges. And there's mm -hmm. something I think really beautiful to the way we were designed. That is everything that we are, God put inside of us, right? So if we are in a safe, loving community, the idea would be that you are planted, Hannah, and the rest of us go, oh, I wonder what she is. Like, I wonder what's going to come from her. Is it going to be oranges? Is it going to be flowers? Like, what's going to happen? And so you're in this unit that's like, this is who we are as a family, but my beloved child or sister or spouse, you get to grow within the safety of this garden that is our family. And we're going to watch you become what you are. And, and then you get to tell us who you are as we also reinforce to each other who we are as a team. Mm. Unfortunately, the world we live in is, is super fragmented when it comes to families. So many of us are coming from backgrounds that are not what I just described. And so we end up kind of looking around a little panicked, especially as we grow and become teenagers where it's like, oh, I don't know where I fit. So now I'm looking to outside sources to tell me who I am. And add to that, if you have a background that is, is rooted in like, okay, God loves me. God made me. I am secure in an identity that goes beyond what anyone would say about me then you probably have a step like you're, you're like a step above somebody else who's just panicky. Mm -hmm. But many of us don't have that either. That's, that's established inside of us. So then we just go looking for identity in all these different places. And the more empty or broken or just off we feel inside, the, the more easy, hmm, how do we say it? It's like basically the easier it will be to take bait places that is really not great for us. And mm -hmm. so we might just go for the first thing that offers us a sense of identity when to anybody else who's doing well, they, they would say like, Oh, that's probably not healthy. Like that doesn't seem not, not even in a judgmental way, but just in like a sober minded, I'm watching and I'm going, Ooh, I'm playing this out a little bit. Like current moment, probably fine. Give it a year, probably not going to end up where you want to be. Um, so, so that's kind of a tricky thing, <laughs> but yeah. if, if we can figure out basically from like healthy relationships, maybe healthy, like getting counseling or something where we can start to sort through like what stuff inside of me, am I believing that is not true about me and is not true about life, but I learned it along the way, then 
then you can start to see like, who am I really? And what, what does life look like going forward based on what is actually true about me versus what I've been taught is true based on the environment that I'm in or the decisions I've made so far. It's tricky. Oh, it's so tricky. And it's, it's like you said, it's an ongoing process. I feel like it's all Mm -hmm. of life, just like Mm -hmm. uncovering more of those things that we were believing about ourselves that may or may not be true and processing through them and taking on new roles that even change and, you know, adjust the way that we see ourselves and see others. And it's just this really interesting evolution of ourselves Mm -hmm. through life and learning to come back to the truth. And I think what you said about not knowing who we are makes us susceptible to taking the bait is such a good point because I've experienced in my own life, maybe you have too, but when you are in a season of confusion about who you are and not really rooted in a grounded, like a, a, a strong foundational identity about who you are in the world, it's like, it's, it's so easy to take the bait, to listen to what anybody will say, like just find whatever will fit. And so what do you think some of that bait is, or like, what's the danger that can come when we really don't know who we are? Yeah, that's a good question. It's, it becomes about how we relate to the world because we enter into a situation. Okay. I'm going to explain this. And if it's unclear, ask me questions, but basically like this, if we're healthy, you and me, we relate to each other in an energy of love. So I am loving to you you are loving to me. It's not like we could even not be very good friends. We could be strangers and I could still relate to you from a place of love. And then in doing that, I'm not relating to you asking this question secretly, who am I? Who am I? This situation will tell me who I am. Because if I do Mm -hmm. that, it's basically like I'm relating to you as if you are holding a mirror and pointing back to me. And I'm looking at you, but I'm not looking at you at all. You are no one. I'm not loving you. You are just a thing that tells me who I am or who I am not. And so then we do that to everything, to our jobs, to somebody that we feel attracted to, um, whether romantically, sexually, like whatever it is, um, we do it to our children. We can end up relating to our kids as if they have these little mirrors and we're like, who am I? Tell me if I'm good. Tell me if I'm special. Tell Mm -hmm. me if you love me. Don't leave me. And that starts to look like codependency as they get older, um, a job we we relate to a job not as an overflow of who we are an overflow of the loved person that we are so we have these skills we use them maybe it doesn't go well maybe we we work this job we give it our best and for whatever reason we lose the job if we're relating to it as a means of determining our identity then it is it's not as simple as an overflow of who i am and now you know it's actually I'm horrible. I'm horrible. I did this job. The outcome wasn't positive. Therefore, it reinforces in me something negative. Now, Mm -hmm. I think the way that I'm speaking is a bit idealistic because I think even the healthiest person mentally well um, is still going to have those feelings of like, you know, I gave it my best. It didn't work out. (sighs) There is something in me that makes me feel like garbage. Like maybe I'm not good. Like it also reminds me of another time that this didn't work out. I feel kind of ashamed. Like those are real human feelings, but there's Mm. a way to talk about them. Even the way I, I am right now using a script sort of like that, like, Hey, this happened. I feel so bad inside. 
it's reminding me of all of these horrible feelings, but it's, it's not what's true about me. So that's why I'm processing this with you. Could you help remind me what's true? And sometimes it's not even that. Sometimes it's, it's very weepy. It's an ugly cry. It's I feel lost. I am for a few weeks, I am making decisions that aren't best for me for a few weeks. You know, like I, I mean, whatever it is, if somebody doesn't want to drink alcohol or, or they are like, you know what, I feel like garbage and I'm making these decisions. I'm, I'm drinking more than I would want to, or I'm hanging out with people that I wouldn't normally there. There's something to it where you're like, okay, part of life is making decisions and then realizing they're not the decisions you want to be making. So it's, it's all a little bit more layered than just it's black and white. Like don't get your identity from the world around you, get your identity from who you are rooted and established in something beyond yourself. Unfortunately, it's not like life as humans isn't quite that calculated where like you do this plus this, it equals everything is peaceful. You're rooted and established. Like right. <laughs> you don't question your identity. You don't make mistakes. Um, it's, it's a lot more like I'm going to do my best. Oh, dang it. Oh shoot. Like, okay. Well, mm, not my best. Hopefully I've got a community of people who love me enough. who can be like, all right, cool. Girlfriend, like bring it back. We can do this. Um, even one of the most powerful things, uh, one of our friends says to us when we act our, our worst is, oh my gosh, I feel like I would have done the same if I were you. And, and mm. we're, we know that this friend would never like <laughs> this friend is the type of person who pretty much, I don't think has ever done anything wrong, but it's the, it's the communication of like, oh my gosh, you know what? That might feel like the ugliest thing that's ever happened, but I think I might've done the same thing. And really just being loved like that actually reminds a person who they are, where they're like, oh, really? So I'm not actually a terrible person. I'm, I'm a person. I've got both good and bad in me. I've got both light and dark in me. And I'd rather live on the side of light. I think I did some stuff that was dark, but here, this person who loves me so well is reminding me that that's pretty human. We can come back from that. Let's keep moving. And, um, and I think all of that can help build in us a healthy sense of identity. Um, and also as I grow, see a lot of people find like, basically they go through a season where they feel a little lost identity wise. Then they go through a season where they feel a little found identity wise, like, okay, I'm secure. I got it. And then it seems like it happens again <laughs> and then they find themselves again. So I wonder if there is just something to growing that is a little bit cyclical in like, sometimes you feel really secure in your identity and sometimes life is more confusing or we experience a loss or a hardship or some sort of blow that makes us be like, okay, wait, who am I again? And my personality is, is one where I would rather be like, no, I'm going to be, I'm going to get it. And I'm never going to not get it. I would love to be like that, but I'm having to surrender a little bit more to like, there are going to be seasons where I'm just a little confused. And I think that God, I mean, well, I'll say it like this. My kids, they are allowed to do that. And I, as their loving parent, am happy to be with them as we figure out some of the confusing stuff. And so if we believe that we are designed in the image of God, then I very much believe that picture of like parent to child, like I'm with you. I get that this is hard. This is confusing. You maybe feel like a mess and I, I actually see what's better for you, but you're falling apart. Um, if that's, if that's the family structure, 
then I think there is something to leaning on our faith in that way too, of being in a season where it's like, oh, I wish I knew who I was. I wish I wasn't so confused about who I am. I wish I related to men better, or I wish I related to my job healthier. And, and there's something to being like, I'm not there yet, but will you teach me how to do this? Will, will these good people in my life help show me good habits? I mean, you're, you're an avid reader. I too love to read. Like, are there books we could be reading that could reinforce truth in us? And it's allowed to be a process that sometimes we feel awesome in and sometimes we don't. Um, I think that is what life is actually, you know, when I was younger, I thought it was much more like you just get it and you never lose it. Uh, I I've learned since that I, it's not quite that simple. (laughs) Yeah, I can definitely say the same. And I, I, I just relate to this so much because I tend to be that person that's very black and white where it's like, what's the formula? I need to crack the code. How do I solve the problem? How do I get salt? Like, give me the step-by-step plan. And you're right. It's just not always that simple. It is a very layered, complex thing. We're always in situations where we may experience confusion, but we actually, I think, can lean into that to learn more about who we really are anyway. So it's like in every season, I feel like even as a kid, you know, like growing up, I learned a lot about this whole defining myself by, uh, you know, what people would praise me for or, or what I would get criticism for that kind of thing. And so we learn things. I feel like even when we're young about who we are kind of to your point of like, am I good or am I bad? Kind of that kind of thing of, I guess like for me, a good example was for my grades. I felt like my parents would always be more proud of me if I was making good grades. And so I just started this process of feeling like I had to perform for everything in my life. And I really built my identity around that. And so anytime I was in a situation that fell apart, like your example with the job, it was like, oh my gosh, I'm not successful. People aren't proud of me. Who am I? Like when that crumbles, I don't know who I am anymore. And so I've had to kind of learn through the years to detach myself from results to tell me whether or not I'm good enough or circumstances or things working out the way I think they will. Like, oh my gosh, what is, what's wrong with me? What do I need to fix? Like, maybe it's not so much defining me if something goes wrong or if something changes, because it's always going to be changing. Life is always going to be happening. And so I think you're so right. It's just this process of letting people in, letting God in, asking them to show you what you maybe can't see when you're in seasons where you're like, well, everything that I built my identity on fell apart. So I don't know who I am anymore. Remind me who I am. Like, it's harder to see it when you're in those seasons, but yeah, I don't know if any of this is making sense. I do feel like it's just a complex, no. there's so much to identity. Like how really do you sum it up? But it, it really is just an ongoing thing where I feel like you just have to give yourself grace to be in the process because I feel like that is actually how we get to the root of it is when we let ourselves process the hard stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. And if we can relate to things where like a relationship with a person or a relationship with our job or you with your, your viewers and your listeners, like if it's not about our identity then we can really love, then it's like, we're looking at them as people worthy of love. Mm. How can we love you versus this entire thing is about us feeling 
hole, which I, I go through. And there are times when I have to be done with social media and just be like, okay, I can't have any outside voices right now because it's too noisy. And because inside I'm not feeling well, like I don't feel secure enough in who I am right now. I'm getting a little too caught up in either what success is or how, how well, I mean, honestly, it could be like the algorithm or, you know, just certain things that maybe to somebody sound very shallow, but when your job is this world, it can feel super personal. And so um, there are times when I need to take space from all of that to kind of figure out who am I again? What do I want to bring? What is, what is a way that I can really love well to the people who are there? And um, it's, yeah, sometimes it just requires you to get away from all of the other stuff. One thing that came to mind as you were talking, I wish I knew the verses because I don't in this moment and I don't have it with me, but there's two things I think about a lot about Jesus as an example. And one is there's a part of scripture where it says, um, basically he was doing miracles and everybody was praising him. And it said, but, and it says, but Jesus knew what was in a man. So he did not entrust himself to men. And that was, Mm -hmm. it's just this little blip that when I read it, I was like, Oh, identity. Like that's, that's it. Because that was when he was being praised. And I think it's that ability basically where he knows what's in a man and we can do the same thing. It's basically, it's not an insult to humanity. It's more like we just get that people are kind of fickle and some people are going to love us today. And some people are going to hate us today. And it might be about us, but it also might be about them being hungry, angry, lonely, tired, you know, like six that make us feel a feeling. And so if we can do that kind of thing where it's a bit of detachment, even when we're praised, like, Oh, cool. Thank you so much for celebrating with me. And I have an identity that is separate from this. So even if this praise ends, this celebration of my abilities or my work or my family or my whatever, my appearance, anything, any affirmation of that, if that goes away, I want to have a sense of identity that's rooted deeper than that because I understand that times change, opinions change, styles change. Um, ways of relating to the world change, like so much about this stuff that we're doing changes all the time. And we want to feel more secure in the things that we're doing than just kind of being blown by everything like wind, right? Um, yeah. And the other piece I was thinking of is that when Jesus went down to wash the disciples' feet, it says he knew where he came from and where he was going. So he mm. tied the little thing, the apron around his waist, and wash his feet. That's very much a paraphrase, but the beginning is real. <laughs> he knew where he came from and he knew where he was going. And I've thought about that a lot in the things I'm doing, because even if we don't look like we're serving people, even if serving looks like recording a podcast and talking to someone versus getting down and literally washing some dirty feet, the heart of what we're doing is adding value to someone else's life. The heart of everything you're doing, Hannah, is to try and help the people that you're connecting with on the internet and in person. And the way that we're going to do that in, in the healthiest, most ideal sense is know where we come from and know where we're going. And it's okay that sometimes that feels murky. And it's okay that sometimes we have to get alone in a room and and think back to like, okay, where did we come from? Like, who who was that little girl that I once was, and even, even looking back tenderly, like, what was she like? Is there anything I should kind of 
you can do it almost like in a visualization, visualization sense or like a journaling sense of like, what would I want to go back and tell little Jessica or little Hannah? You can remember times that little Hannah or little Jess were hurt by something like, what would we go back and tell her now, especially now that we are parents and we know very much what it's like to be obsessed with a little person and never, ever want anything to hurt them to try and speak to ourselves with that same love, compassion, tenderness, that can be the act of, we know where we came from. And then obviously we know that, that we are loved by God and where we're going we, I mean, you can know the end of the story biblically, but then also where we're going in life, there's a lot we don't know. But if we really believe that all things work together for our good, then that can also be the answer of like, okay, I don't know the future of my social media work. I don't know the future of my family size. I don't know so many pieces of what I'm doing. I don't know. But what I do know is that there's good things coming for me. And if I've got these things established, then I can love people. And it's not about um, locking in my future. I'm, I'm going to love you because hopefully if I do this, then it'll lead to you liking me back. And then that'll lead to like maybe an income or some favor somewhere or somebody thinking I'm cool. And somehow that will feel good. It's actually like calming all of that and just being like, I'm, I'm enough already. And in being enough already, I can serve the people around me. And as, as a worthy person, I can help instill dignity and worth in the people who I come in contact with, whether it's through the internet or in real life. And um, I think that's really powerful. And I think that it's something that requires very intentional rhythms of like being alone, taking care of yourself, getting exercise, connecting with people you love, connecting spiritually. So your soul is in the right spot. It's, it's not something that we're just going to like one and done. This will be fine. And probably in 10 years, you and I could have the same type of conversation and we will have learned a lot in the process because that's also just what we do in life is we grow and we learn and then we've got more to say about it. So it's a constantly um, evolving understanding that we'll have until we're heaven side, right? And can look back and be like, oh, okay, a lot of that stuff makes sense now or it doesn't and good thing I'm not in it anymore. Right. Yeah, yeah that's that's so good, Jess. And I love that picture of living from the overflow and just even the image of Jesus washing the feet. Like there is so much to identity. It's an ongoing process with lots of layers and complexities, but at the same time, it's, it's kind of silly and backwards, but it is kind of simple because, you know, it's not so much about like figuring out every piece of the puzzle about who am I? It's just, what's the next step I can take today to serve others and love others from a place of knowing who I am today. And then letting that evolve and change and grow. Like it just kind of simplifies the process for me. I'm, I'm really glad that you gave those two verses and illustrations because I think you're so right. I think that when we are able to have those little truths along the way, like I may not have all the answers and I don't know how everything is going to turn out, but I know this today yeah. and that's enough for me to show up and do what I can in this world. And so I think it really takes the pressure off because as women, there are so many voices. I feel like just bombarded sometimes. And you even touch on like social media, it's like, oh my gosh, this person's telling me this and this person's telling me this, but this account is saying that I should do this. And it's like, sometimes you just need a breather and you've even shared about your mental health journey as well. And so, I mean, how have you 
in those kinds of seasons, whether it's just hearing a lot of voices, struggling with mental health, going through different seasons with family, like how do you get tuned in again, get grounded again, and maybe even choose the voices that you do listen to? Yeah. I mean, that's, that alone is a great fact. Choose the voices you listen to because there are going to be a lot of them. That's really important. Um, yeah, there's, there's this piece to all of it, which is mental health. And sometimes we're born into bodies that are more prone to things like depression and anxiety than somebody else. I do think, Mm. um, statistically numbers are up for depression and anxiety around the world right now, probably having to do with the pandemic and a lot of us living through, the first kind of world shutdown that we have ever seen, we in our lifetime had ever seen, right? Um, And many, many deaths and just fear and then a lot of division and a lot of intense voices. And no wonder we're feeling a bit more anxious and depressed than before. Right. Um, But I come from a family that has struggled a lot with mental illness. Um, There are multiple people in my family had committed suicide. There's, I mean, depression was something I had experienced as a teenager. And then after I had my daughter, um, we moved to Spain and I think, well, I think this is an important detail to add is just that if you're struggling with identity in general, feeling isolated, especially as a new parent, but isolation in general is going to intensify those feelings. So there's something really important about like getting away and solace and like having time for you to feel rejuvenated. But if you're doing that so much where you're like away from people, away from peers, away from loved ones, it is super common for us to kind of spiral out in a setting where we're alone all mm. the time. Um, anyway, that's a side note, but that did play a role in some of the feelings I experienced. I basically ended up getting to a point where I felt suicidal. And I've, I've talked about this on my YouTube channel. So people are welcome to go and look at the videos where they can understand more in detail what went on. Um, the video it's called 10 days in a mental hospital. So, um, that one explains Mm -hmm. everything, but I did, I did spend 10 days in an outpatient program. Um, thankfully it was like actually incredible that this happened. I had come back to the States for Christmas and it's worth saying that sometimes the holidays can intensify some very confusing feelings as well. And Mm -hmm. so I had known I was doing badly emotionally, but it was just for whatever reason, it got way worse and I could no longer connect the dots between like my life is important and my family needs me. It somehow got very disconnected and I knew that something was super wrong. And thankfully people intervened and took me to a place where I was able to get help like that day. It was that urgent. And so I got professional help and I, I'm uh, definitely for getting professional help. So if the things that we are talking about, it's like, well, I've tried everything. I exercise, I journal, I spend time with loved ones. I have healthy relationships. I'm um, not abusing my body in any certain way. And I just can't wrap my head around like my own value as a person, my own reason to live. Those are, those are real things that mm-hmm. there is help for beyond yes. just encouraging words and positive self-talk and, and prayer. I mean, I was, I, honestly, I think that's what got me to a point of going to a hospital was I, I was like, but here's my list of everything I've been doing to get better. And it's a long list <laughs> and mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't better. And um, so I went and did, uh, I got a therapist. I had a psychiatrist. I, ha- I was put on medication 
And we shifted our family structure a bit. So instead of me being with my daughter, most of the time, we had a few hours each day, Monday through Friday, where she was in like a preschool daycare at that point. And that gave me some time to either connect with friends or pursue some work that I was good at, or just basically give me a window of time outside of motherhood to engage with my environment and not feel so isolated. And the, um, yeah, the medication I was on, I ended up being on for just under a year and then I felt better. So that was also a really beautiful thing for me to see because when I had been diagnosed with something and then put on medicine, they said, you'll probably be on this for the rest of your life. And I, and they also said, it's very likely your child will struggle with this and any future Mm -hmm. children. And I thought that was so unfair. I like, I really, I cried and I was just like, what, 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 why would I ever be allowed to have kids? Then why would, why did you let this first little sweet girl come? If now she's going to have to feel these things that I have. And, um, and it was really cool to see that in time, I actually felt okay, I may need medicine again in my life. And I've now come to terms with like, okay, well, say my kids struggle with this or say I struggle with this again. Well, how perfect. If my kids struggle with this, I am the best person to help walk them through it because I know what it's like. So now I've been like, Mm. okay, no more fear of my kids struggling with this. I'm definitely going to try to lead them in the best ways I know how to be emotionally, mentally well people. But if they end up needing further support than I'm able to give, then I'm, I'm in their corner and we're going to do it together. Um, and then, yeah, now I just feel much more like I need to be proactive in all the ways possible to take care of my mind and my body and ensure that if I want to see things clearly and see my identity clearly and live life in the way that is full and rich, then I have to be healthy inside my mind. And that might require outside things that it just, that I just need help with. And, uh, and it's worth it to me to do that. So that's, yeah, that's it. Oh, one, one visual that's helped me. And I've thought about it a lot is that flower bushes have to be cut back, pruned totally to the point where they don't even look recognizable sometimes. Mm. And they're still, gonna bloom, like just give them some time and they're going to bloom again. And I, the first time I learned that lesson was because I, I encountered a rose bush that I didn't realize was a rose bush. And I was trying to pull it out until someone came running over and was like, what are you doing? That's a rose bush. And I was like, it's so ugly. <laughs> That's really like, I'm like, this definitely can't be a rose bush. It's really hideous. And they're like, no, just give it time. It's gonna, it's gonna bloom. And they were right. It bloomed. And that visual to me was like, oh my gosh, how many times have I wanted to uproot my own situation and be like, but it's so ugly, but I feel wow. so off. This isn't right. Nothing good is going to come from this. And then it's like, ah, just give it time. Sometimes we have to be cut back and we don't get it and it doesn't make sense. But in time we bloom again and it's really beautiful. And so just kind of leaning into that with everything, but specifically when it comes to our mind and our emotions and the way we see ourselves and the way we see the world, there's seasons for it. And sometimes we feel amazing and sometimes just not so much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so good. I love that visual. That's so cool. And it's so encouraging and hopeful because it's like, you know what? I'm a loved person. I love that verbiage and just that sense of identity. And it's like, you know, there are seasons where I will not feel it where I will not look it or act like it. But in time, I will come back to that truth because I'm still the same loved person. And I think that's just 
so freeing and it just brings so much grace to the picture because I'm on a similar journey with my mental health right now. And you guys who have read my book know that I talk about my struggles with depression for so long and then getting on medication and then miraculously being able to get off of them and feeling like I'm, I'm all better. And then last year when I had my first miscarriage, it just sent me into a spiral that I did not expect. And I recently got back on antidepressants and I felt so defeated at first because I was like, I thought I was done with this. Like I am a healed person. I don't have to deal with this anymore. And I can honestly say that it has been such, it it was needed. Like for where I'm at right now, that's what I needed. And I am so glad that I decided to do that for myself because I, I've come back around. Like it's, it's given me what I needed for this season to be able to process the pain and ask myself the hard questions about my faith and myself and my body and my marriage and literally everything. And And I'm just so grateful for the process now because I've come out on the other side and I'm like, you know what? Every struggle I walk through is going to look different, but I'm so grateful for it because every time it gets me into a place where I'm able to ask the hard questions again and come out stronger and remember, oh yeah, I'm the same person. I'm the same loved person by God. I'm the same loved person by my husband and my community. And I'm surrounded by people who remind me of that when I can't see it for myself and when I want to quit, when I want to give up. And I, I love that you share your story and your struggle, because I know that there are so many women in my audience that I've talked to about that disconnect between, I know my life matters, but right now, like I can't reconcile it with my situation or the way that I'm feeling. And like, how do I get back to connecting those dots? And it's not an overnight fix most of the time, but that's okay because there's no pressure to have it all figured out right now. There's so much permission to just be in the process. I'm so glad you got back on medication. I like now that I've experienced the gift that it was for me because I first was on the wrong one. So if you're on a wrong one, which sometimes it's a process to find a one that works, right? The wrong one can make you feel worse. Which you're kind of like, wait, what? How could I feel worse than I already feel? <laughs> the fact I that know medication means I'm at the end. <laughs> but then when I got on one that actually helped, it was like. It was life-saving. I felt, honestly, I felt like, whoa, someone's holding me up and now I can face the stuff in my life that is broken and I can make sense of it and I can put pieces together. And it was like just kind of being held to do what I needed to do. And then eventually I was weaned off and I was like, oh, okay, I'm actually fine. Oh, amazing. Okay, wonderful. But now that I have that experience, I will not, I I mean, I hope friends will have to help keep me like... (laughs) You know, once you're feeling that low, sometimes it's hard to really pull yourself together. But uh, what I think is that why hesitate now? Because I know what a gift it can be to be held and be able to face life and not feel like I'm so under it. I felt like I was drowning and I had no ability to get up to like see where I needed to go or how to make things better. It was just, I was constantly under. And um, so I'm for that. If you have if you know what works for you and it actually is doing that, oh, why refuse that gift? That is so good. Yeah. And I love also that you even brought up the fact that yourself being in the process, allowing yourself to go through the process actually equips you to be there for your kids too. Like there are so many times where I've had those same fears of like, oh man, I don't want my son to struggle with mental health. Both my husband and I have struggled with mental health. And like, I just want him to have a perfect life with no struggles because I've been through, through so much and I just want to save him from all of that. And it's like, number one, 
I can't save him. Like, that's why we have a savior. Like, I will never be a perfect parent for my son. And I was never supposed to be. But also, like, I know how to be there for him. Like, I'm the best person as his mom to be able to help him navigate that. And so that's a really beautiful point. And I think, you know, like, we talk about this on the show all the time. There's this, this idea that on the other side of your process, you're able to help people who are a few steps behind you. Like, it's never meaningless to be in the process and figuring out, like, that's where most people are in a given time anyway. And so I feel like we just, as we grow, like it just helps us all to become better as we love each other through the process and learn with each other through the process. And so I just think it's so cool. I I just, I love everything you've said and it's all good. And I am also all for doing what you need to do in your season to help yourself, whether it's physically, emotionally, spiritually in relationships and community. And so as we're closing, are there anything any resources or recommendations or advice or anything that you just want to say to the woman who might be struggling with her identity right now? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Well, I guess one good takeaway from all of this is that if somebody's struggling with their identity, <clears throat> at least they can know they're not alone. <laughs> because oh, yeah. <laughs> there. And so have so many people. Um, one really beautiful thing that has happened in the process of a lot of the struggles that I've gone through over the course of the last few years, some of them being the mental health stuff, is that when we struggle, it cultivate it cultivates inside of us a new kind of humility. And it's not a humility that's like, look at me, I'm so humble. Isn't it, isn't it beautiful? <laughs> Haven't you noticed? But it, it's really more like a, a sense of like, I don't want to be someone who is high speaking down to the low, like, oh, all of you down there who feel these things, like, look to me who has sorted Mm. it out. It's really much more like I would love to be as, as low as I can when it comes to sharing my gifts with the world of just being able to say like, we're all just people. We're all just figuring it out. Even, even the people who look like they have it so, so together they're just people figuring it out. And it's, it's a really important thing. If we can grasp, like we are, we are good and, and we're bad. We're, we're light and we're dark, bad meaning we're all capable of stuff that we are like, Oh wow. I never saw myself doing that. Or I never saw this person love doing that. If we can, if we can get to a point where we're less shocked by the, the bad (laughs) that we're capable of and more just like, Oh honey, like that, that's not who we are at all. Like that's almost the way you, you are with like a child. Honestly, I'm going to use that because it's the easiest overflow of my compassion is like when, when one of my children does something that is just not, not their character, wasn't their best move, like probably wasn't the most helpful way to handle it. Um, it's, it's like, Oh man, I'm so sorry. Like that just wasn't it. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me. We do that when we feel that way. We do that when when life feels like this, we sometimes do this. And if we can kind of get a little more settled in that, <laughs> it's hard to even put words around what I'm trying to say, but the the like we're just we're just people. We're just doing our best. Sometimes we're going to have it all together and it's going to feel so good and really soak that up when it feels so good. But sometimes it's going to feel really messy and confusing. And in those times be loved, connect with people, don't be alone, nourish your soul, read books that make you feel whole again, like do whatever it takes because this life is very much seasonal 
Um, just like a plant, just like trees. I often relate to those things because they're really good visuals for what's actually going on inside of us. We live in a culture that sort of makes it seem like we should be more like machines, like, oh, just pump out content, pump out work, make sure you're always doing things like rest, but just just get like the right amount of rest, not too much, not too little, and then keep going, you know, but it's really much more nature than technology. And so for us as people, we're, we're living, we're doing our best. And if there comes to a moment where you're like, oh man, I really blew it. That doesn't have to even be the identity shift that it could be. It doesn't have to be like, oh, this thing failed, whatever it was, whether I failed or this, this job failed, like you use the job analogy, a family unit failing. I'm walking through um, really closely with someone I love um, whose, whose relationship with their partner's ending and how that has the ability to devastate an identity. Like as much as we're able to be like, okay, these failures, yeah, that's part of living here in this place, on this earth, in these bodies. Like we let ourselves down. We let other people down. That's really hard. Now, how can we pull together a sense of wholeness, a sense of love for ourselves and love for others that is deeper and more true than all of this other stuff going on around us. Mm. It's possible, but it's going to be a process and it's worth taking the time to figure that out and connecting with people intentionally so that you can, um, but listening to this podcast, great way to do it. You're the work <laughs> you're doing, Hannah, very, very helpful in, in helping people to process through these hard things and find light in the midst of it because life is just hard. Oh Yeah. It is. And thank you so much. I feel the same way about everything that you're doing. And it's just amazing to have known you for several years and then just seeing you grow mm -hmm. and share your journey. It's just so many people relate to this real, just like being in the process. And so, yeah, if you're listening, here's your permission to just be in the process. <laughs> None of us have it figured out. So you're in good company. But that being said, Jessica, would you please tell everybody where they can find all of your resources and connect with you? Of course. Thank you. Um, well, if you would like to follow me on Instagram, that would be so fun. It's at Jess underscore Hover, H-O-V-E-R. Um, Very Good Mothers Club is our business. So if they want to shop the products that we have, it's verygoodmothersclub.com. If they want to join the online community, that you can do that through Instagram. The link is there, but it's basically a membership community and you can get a free trial. So you could join the Zoom calls we lead and meet moms from around the world. It's really cool. Um, and I think, oh, I mean, my YouTube channel, they could search my name or my podcast. Oh my gosh. Wow. This is funny. I mean, <laughs> so my YouTube channel is my name, Jessica Hover. And then the podcast is called Very Good Enough. And you can listen anywhere that podcasts are available. Um, or you could watch it on my YouTube channel because we record them as well. I love it. Well, you guys definitely go connect with Jess because she's just so fun. She's just so fun to be around and learn from and watch her journey. So go connect with her and yeah, you will not be disappointed. There's so much good things and even more to come. I'm so excited for the podcast, but Jess, thank you so much for being here. I'm so, so grateful for you. And I just have loved this conversation. Thank you. I've loved it too. And now I need to publicly invite you to please come speak in the Very Good Mothers Club community. We often have guest speakers do Zoom calls and I think you, you got to do it. You oh my so goodness. Fair. I would be so honored. Okay. You heard it here first, folks. 
Yeah. We'll advertise it. It'll happen soon. Okay. Yay. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to tune into another episode of the ByWords show. I love having you here and I'm so thankful for your support. Don't forget to share a screenshot of this episode to let me know you were here. I can't wait to talk again soon, but in the meantime, be sure to come hang out with me on Instagram and remember I am cheering you on.